0: Well, it'd be true to say that if you're in a conversation with a Scotsman and you wanted them to stop talking, you should ask them, how do you feel? <laughs> it's, uh, it's a bit of a, a cultural taboo to have any kind of emotional engagement in public in Scotland. And so when that person came to me a few weeks ago and said, look, I really think we need to do this altar call, I'm going, No we really don't. (laughs) But there was a sense that that God was in it. And so I mustered all my faith and I said, go for it. (laughs) When Billy Graham came to Glasgow, his advisors told him, don't do your altar call thing here. There's no way that these proud and reserved people will respond to it. He ignored their advice. And uh, after the first address, He made the call, and uh, he looked up, and no one moved. And for minutes, no one moved. So he put his head back down, and he prayed a desperate prayer that God would move in these hard Glaswegian hearts. And after a while, he heard the shuffling of feet, and these feet were hundreds of Glaswegians, coming forward to give their lives to Jesus. And to my surprise and shame and joy, a few weeks ago, we had a few come forward too, and there were tears, tears streaming down their faces and tears streaming down mine. And since then, I've not been able to stop thinking, what is it about these guys that is different? Why did they respond? Why these guys? And I could only think of one common denominator, except for the fact that the gospel was explained clearly, hopefully, was this, they were exposed to Christians who love one another. Turn with me to Hebrews 13, where I want to show us two things. Number one, we are made for the family of God. And number two, the family of God is made for mission. Hebrews 31 says this, let brotherly love continue. The writer to the Hebrews, he's already explained that no longer is the temple where God's presence dwells, but now they are living stones. Now they have the spirit of God in them, and actually they are the family of God brothers and sisters, Jews and Gentiles, all people gathered together as God's people under His roof. And as this new family, the fruit of our faith is our love for one another. Even though we're from all kinds of backgrounds, even though we're from different generations, even though we have all sorts of interests and different abilities we are together in the gospel. We are one in Christ. We are brothers and sisters. We are made for the family of God. And every one of us is called to display redeemed community by our commitment to one another. In fact, the next nine verses of Hebrews 13 helps us see that the whole notion of finding and growing our identities Uh, outside of community, is actually an impossibility. It's just, it's it's a fallacy. It's not possible. The writer shows us that how we use our homes, verse 2, how we treat people who are suffering, verse 3, who we have sex with, verse 4, what we do with our money, verses 5 and 6, who has authority in our lives, verses 7 and 8, and what we are taught, verses 9 through 10, are all impossible to disconnect with our new identities as the children of God. You see, when we are saved, one of the things we are saved from are self-made identities. We are saved from them, and we are given new identities, new identities that are found in the gospel. We are the children of God. Of God, and now we work that out. We work out our new identities in the context of the local church. God's very first temple, where His presence dwelt with man, wasn't made of stone, it was a garden. A garden full of life, and its inhabitants, Adam and Eve, weren't just to prance around in the garden, they were given a job, they were given a task. They were given this charge. Uh, Genesis 1, 27 and 28 says this, God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Me- male and female, He created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. God charged them to take the life that they had been given and work to establish more and more and more and more worshiping communities, life-giving communities, taking the seed of man and taking the seed of the garden and establishing worshiping communities beyond the boundaries of the garden, across the earth. And Jesus came to redeem us as life-giving people. He has filled us with rivers of living water, the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit. And now we, as local churches, have this glorious responsibility to be multiplying communities, communities that are bringing life. Jesus charged us, as His disciples, to go from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, again and again and again and again. Let's uh, let's go back to Hebrews 13 and verse 11. It says this, The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so, Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through His own blood. Let us then go to Him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace He bore. God banished Adam and Eve out of His garden temple because they had decided to pursue self made identities. He had rightly cast them out because they were defiled, cursed, and and justly separated from the life-giving presence of God by their sin. The irony is that the religious elites in the first century took God on earth, who no one could find any fault in, and they cast Him out of Jerusalem, the holy city. They took Him to the defiled place. And he was cursed so we could be blessed, killed so we could have life. Jesus died the way he lived. In the same way that he went out to the defiled place to die, he did life with prostitutes, tax collectors, sinners, the spiritually dead. He died to himself to love the unlovely we now have a charge to die to ourselves to die to our own desires and wants to die to our cozy church clubs and to go to the places and display the community of god and the glory of the gospel and jesus himself as the people of god That's why verse 17 says this, this is your sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess His name. It's more garden temple imagery. We have to redeem what it means to be community. Three of those four people who gave their lives to Jesus a few weeks ago, we had another guy give his life to Jesus a couple weeks ago, so I thought I'd throw him in as well. And three of the four are students. And they were just normal students, living life, trying to work out what is life all about for them, asking all sorts of big questions of life. And they were exposed to Christians who were trying to work out what life looked like for them at university. Now, these Christians weren't closing the door behind them with a sign on it saying, Christians only, keep out. They were living their lives out together, trying to work out together. What does it mean to live for Jesus at university in our halls of residence, when we go on nights out, when we are at the library, when we're at lectures? And so, naturally, it's on display. They're displaying the community of God, what it means to be family. They're displaying what it means to be brothers and sisters and they were going to church, and they were going along to midweek groups. And so, when Alpha came along, and when opportunities came to invite them along on Sundays, there was an interest because they'd seen this love for one another that the Bible describes. We are not encouraging people in our church to start church cycling groups or knitting groups in the church, but to go out together with others where possible to clubs and societies already in existence where the gospel is not on display. We need to seek those places out. We need to go beyond the boundaries of the garden. We need to go beyond the boundaries of the city. We need to go, be willing to go to the dry places, the defiled places. We have just uh, launched our grace communities, midweek groups, that's what we call ours. And uh, once a term, we're going to try and do a missional activity. Now, that missional activity might just be something like going down to the park and cleaning up. But then we're saying to our, to our guys in our church, look, invite your friends to be a part of that. And then as they get exposed to something of the community of God on mission, the community of God who love one another, who are united around Christ despite all their differences, they will be exposed to the gospel and be given opportunities to share it with them. That's our heart, that's, that's our hope. The family of God is made for mission. As the cross loomed before Jesus, He said this to His disciples, they will know you by your love for one another. If you're frustrated that your church isn't reaching enough people in your village, in your town, your city, it's probably not because your preacher isn't dynamic enough. It's probably not because your band isn't playing the latest songs or your coffee isn't up to scratch. Those things are great, but that's probably not why people aren't being saved in your context. It's probably more likely that they are not being exposed to Christians, to you guys loving one another, displaying the gospel in your relationships, not just inside our four walls, but out there in our communities. Mark Sayers in his uh, book, Disappearing Church, said this, to be shaped by grace in a culture of self, the most counter-cultural act one can commit is to break its only taboo, to commit self-disobedience, to acknowledge that authority does not exist with us, that we ultimately have no autonomy. In my mind the meaning of someone who is truly radical for the gospel today in our context is not the one with a new cause to fight but the one who takes up the ancient cause the cause that actually we can we can go all the way back to genesis to source and say no let's not be looking for the newest fad let's be looking to live as human beings, as we were made to be, being faithful, laying down our own rights for one another, willing to give up the weekends away and our lions on Sunday mornings to prioritize our family. And it's the ones who are bold enough to live out their faith in full display of their friends, their colleagues, their neighbors, their family members, their sports teams, their bandmates, and whoever else they live life alongside. We are made for the family of God, and the family of God is made for mission. Let's pray. Yeah, Father, we pray that you would help us not to be people who are dragged along with uh, what Matt calls individualitis, uh, but that we'd be people who are willing to lay down our lives for one another as you laid down your life for us, that we'd be willing to go out to the people who have no exposure to the gospel, not just stay in our own cozy and comfortable places, but be willing to go together with the gospel, the glory of this new community that is expanding and bringing life upon life upon life. We love you, Jesus. Amen.